Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. So before we get started today, I'm, I'm not an audiologist, but I want to give you a hearing test, okay? I want to see how you're doing. So they're going to play three sounds, and when you hear the sound, you raise your hand. But if you don't hear the sound, Juanita, don't raise your hand, okay, till you hear it. Here we go. Okay, so play the first sound, guys. Who hears that? Raise your hand. Anybody? Okay. Front row, raise it up high. Yeah. Okay. Seems like the young, younger people. Okay, you can stop playing that one. Okay, let's play the second sound. Do you hear that sound? Travis, can you hear that? Matt, out in Okeechobee, can you hear that? Hands up. Okay, you hear that sound? Some people don't. Danny, you don't hear anything? I don't hear that one. Okay, you can stop playing that. Let's play the third sound. Okay, yeah. Okay, wow, almost all the hands. Winita, do you still don't hear that one? Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah, wow. Let's pray for Winita's hear, hearing in Jesus' name, right? Here's what we know. There are many of us that could not hear some of those sounds that were played because of hearing loss. And hearing loss is real. And there are many different reasons for hearing loss. Uh, Sometimes it's age or genetics, but the most common cause of hearing loss is noise. Noise, too much noise, actually causes us to lose our hearing, both physically and spiritually. The noise of life can actually drown out the voice of God in your life about what he wants to say to you about life. So, So it's one thing if you can't hear a frequency on a hearing test. It is another thing if you miss the voice of God speaking over your life. I want to look today at another guy in the Bible who heard the voice of God over the noise of life. And it comes out of one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. It is an amazing book in the Old Testament by the name of Daniel that tells the story of Daniel and some of his friends. And in this story, Daniel is a a teenager when his homeland is conquered by the Babylonians. And he and a lot of the other young people of Israel are carried off to Babylon and they're taken away from their homeland, their culture, their family into captivity. And Daniel, along with his friends, are are forced into a three-year boot camp with the intentionality of stripping them of their Jewish identity and replacing it with Babylonian values and and cultures. And if you've never read the book of Daniel, let me encourage you to give it a read. It is full of adventure, Uh, there's enemy plots, there's cliffhangers in this thing. I mean, just about when you think it is all over, God shows up and this 16 year old becomes the second in command of the Babylonian empire. But what stands out to me in the story of Daniel was his ability to hear the voice of God. In fact, it was his ability to hear that opened up the opportunity for him to lead. His ability to hear God actually was the thing that opened up the door for him to step into his destiny and his calling and his purpose to change everything. And just like Abraham, he heard God in a very godless culture, surrounded by godless people in a godless place. I mean, y'all, this was Babylon. A lot like South Florida, if you know what I mean, all right? (laughs) Yet he heard God. So if he can hear God, we can hear God. So the beginning of of Daniel chapter one, after they arrive in Babylon, it says in verse three that the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. 
Select only the strong and healthy and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure that they are well-versed in every branch of learning, that they are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, suited to serve in the royal palace. And then train these young men in the language and the literature of Babylon, the culture of Babylon. So Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen all from the tribe of Judah. And the chief of staff, look at that, he renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Mishael was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. Now, it's interesting to note what their Hebrew names actually meant. Because we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the guys that were thrown in the fiery furnace. But Hananiah, that name means God is gracious. Mishael means who is like the Lord our God. And Azariah means Jehovah is my helper. Do you see that their very names spoke of God and who he was in their lives? So when they stripped them of their Hebrew names, they were trying to strip them of their God-given identity, who God said they were, right? And I want to tell you today that your enemy will try to do the same thing over you and me. He will try to strip you of your God-given destiny and calling and the purpose and the thing that God has put on your life. He'll try to get you to to think you've got to act like everybody else. Think like everybody else. Be like everybody else, but you are not like everybody else. The hand of God is on your life. You have the DNA of God in you. You've been created in his image. You have the Holy Spirit in you, which means you have his spiritual DNA. This word says that you are a part of a a royal priesthood set apart for God. Your life has God-given destiny and purpose written all over it. So don't you let anybody tell you otherwise. So in the midst of all of that going on, even though they tried to make Daniel and his friends forget, the next verse is an anchor verse. In verse eight, it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He had made the decision in his heart that he was going to follow after God no matter what comes after him, right? I mean, he and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego decided just because they were in a godless culture did not mean that godless culture had to get inside of them. They were set apart. It reminded me instantly of, of, of Romans chapter 12, verse two, where Paul says, don't copy the patterns or the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Let God change you from the inside by changing the way you think. It says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. Leave that up for just a minute. Then you'll get to know. Don't don't let the the world shape you. When you you lean into God and you let him shape your thinking, then he says, then you will learn to know God's voice. You want to know how to hear God? Right here. Don't let the world determine you, shape you, make you think like them. Let, Let God's word shape your life this year. Let God's word shape your thinking, and then you will learn to hear and discern the voice of God. So these four young Hebrew men are now living in the king's court. And in chapter two of this book of of Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. And he calls all the the counselors and, and magicians and sorcerers that he has around him, because he's a godless man. And he says, I want you to tell me what my dream was, and then tell me what it meant. And so they all look at him a little confused and they said, well, tell us what you dreamt and then we'll tell you. And he says, no, no, no. You got to tell me what I dreamt and then you have to tell me what it meant. Well, none of them could do that. So he orders that all of 
the counselors and wise men and magicians throughout the land be put to death. And so they're rounding them all up and they go to Daniel's house to round him up because he's a part of the counselors and advisors. And he says, what's going on? And they said, well, the king has ordered everybody to be killed because they could not tell him what he dreamt and what it meant. He said, well, give me the night. Give me the night. I'm going to go pray. You give me the night and then tell the king I'll see him in the morning. And when you read in chapter two, the first place he goes is to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's like, guys, you got to stay up and pray with me all night. Because I've got to hear the voice of God. This is a life or death situation. And I need you staying up all night with me, praying with me. And so in the night, God reveals to him exactly what the king dreamt. I mean, in great detail. If you've never read it, read chapter two. Great detail. And then he goes to the king and he says, here's what you dreamt. And here's what it meant. The king is taken back. He makes Daniel second in charge of the Babylonian empire. Now, what I want to look at is when I study Daniel's life and how he heard the voice of God, there are three distinctives that jump out to me. Three things that helped him hear the voice of God that will help you hear the voice of God. Okay, the first one is his community. His community. All through the book of Daniel, when you read it, you read about the guys around Daniel's life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As teenagers, they decided together, that we are going to stand strong in our faith together. We're going to be there for each other. We're going to hold each other up. We're going to pray for each other. I mean, this was like the first men's crew group in Babylon right here, right? Praying for each other, standing with each other. Remember in chapter three, it was these three guys that when everybody else was bowing down to this big golden idol that was made, they would not bow down. They were like, no, we are not bound down to that idol. They stood there together in the midst of the entire city, bowing down, and they were thrown in the fiery furnace because of it. But they came out because there was another in the fire, Jesus standing right there with them. They came out unharmed, not even smelling like smoke, but they stood together. This this is what I want you to see as I was studying this over the last couple of weeks. We're talking about hearing the voice of God. And if you are gonna hear the voice of God, You need people in your life that know how to hear the voice of God. You you need people in your life close to you that know how to pray for you, that know how to pray with you, that know how to pick you up when you're heading down. You know what I'm saying? Because they spent a lot of years in Babylon. You know. I mean, these are four young men. They're, They're human in Babylon. And I'm guessing the ladies in Babylon were looking pretty good. You know what I'm saying? And you know, there had to be come a time when they were like, hey guys, you know, I'm just uh, checking her out. And they're trying to slip into the Babylonian way. I mean, who's going to know back in Judah? It's so far. You know that? You know, somebody wanted to bow their knee one way or another, but they stood together. They had somebody there saying, no, 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 come on, get back up. Keep your head up. Keep looking to God. I'm going to pray with you and stand with you. And if they needed that, you and I need that. You've heard me say before, you get the right voices, you'll make the right choices. You get the right voices in your life, you will make the right choices in your life. But if you don't have the right voices, it's hard to make the right choices. It is nearly impossible to live a godly life without godly friends. I don't even know how in this day and age you begin to do it. They had this community around them that helped them lean into God and hear God. So the question is, Who's speaking into your life? Who is your spiritual community? Because I bet when you look back at some of the 
worst decisions that you ever made in your life, some of the things that you regret, right? They're coming to your mind right now. I'm pretty much betting you weren't alone. I'm betting there were other people, one or two other persons that were there with you. What if you had people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in your life? Would those decisions have been different? Would there have been people there that would say, come on, no, no, we're going to keep looking to God. We're going to keep leaning into God. We're going to believe that God has a way for us. People that knew how to listen for the voice of God and follow the voice of God. See, I've been, I've been blessed to have those kind of people in my life my whole life. I mean, from the time I was a young kid, I remember going to church and, and the volunteers in kids ministry, they, they, they were pouring into my life, helping me know God and, and hear God echoing what my parents were teaching me at home. When I, when I went to student ministries, I had youth pastors that were speaking into my life, helping me understand the Bible and understand how to read the word and hear from God in the word. I had other students that I surrounded myself with that, that helped me that were headed in the same direction, trying to know God. Listen, there's a verse in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, that the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads to death. You, you get to choose your friends. See, see, we meet people by chance, but we actually deepen relationships by choice. And some of you need to make some different choices, all right? Let me just get up in your business for a minute, for a minute. You, you got some people, you know, I'm not saying you, don't, you can't talk to them ever again, but you cannot be letting them influence you. The closest people to you should be pushing you closer to Jesus all the time and helping you want to know Jesus more, follow Jesus more. They got to be the people that are influencing your life. You're going to hear the voice of God. You got to be around other people that know how to hear the voice of God, that want to hear the voice of God. And lucky for you, this weekend, we are launching groups across all our campuses. Hey, this is a time for you to step in and deepen your relationship with God and with God's family. To, to grow and, and get around some people that, that are following after God and hearing God's voice. See, I really believe that some of you are never going to get where you need to go because you don't know the way yet. You actually need some people that know the way and will help you find the way to where God wants to take you so you can live this life we're, we're talking about. So for students, you need to get to students on Wednesday nights. Like, you got to be there. When I was growing up, I had to be there. In fact, my parents never even gave me the option, just a side note, parents. But you got to be around some people that, some other students that are running after God. Young adults, you need to be, there's no other place you need to be except on Thursday nights with other young adults that are seeking the word, asking God to speak to us, and he will speak to you. Married couples, you need some other married couples in your life that actually are putting Jesus in the center of their marriage. You need, a, you need a model for you and some encouragement in that area so that your marriage can be strong. Guys, you need some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You need to get in a crew group. Ladies, you need to get in a sisterhood. We got groups starting up. So take that step, build into the spiritual community around you so that you can lean into God and hear his voice. Daniel had this in his life. He had Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. He had that. And if you're going to hear the voice of God in your life, you need the spiritual community in your life. So the story of Daniel continues on and and probably the most memorable of all the stories of Daniel that I even remember as a kid hearing this story is found in chapter six. Daniel's no longer a teenager. He's actually about 80 years old. He's been a part of the ruling team of Babylon for decades now. And some of the other Babylonians are upset that this 
person that was brought in from captivity, this slave, whatever, has risen to such power and was influencing him. So they come up with a plot to destroy Daniel, but they can't find anything wrong with this guy. So they go to the king and they say, hey, king, we got an idea. For the next 30 days, why don't you sign a decree that nobody is allowed to pray to any other God or person except to you for 30 days. And if they do, they get thrown into the lion's den. And so the king's like, that's a great idea. Let everybody pray to me. So he signs the decree. And so this is what it says in chapter six, verse 10. When Daniel knew that the writing or the decree had been signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since the early days. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. And then down in verse 16, it says, so the king, they told the king and the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and they threw him in the lion's den. Just imagine what it was like being thrown into a cave with that guy and all his hairy friends, right? I can guarantee you, if you never prayed before in your life, you are praying right then. You don't need Pastor Todd to preach a sermon on prayer. You don't need to get in a group and study about how to pray. You are just praying, oh God, oh God, help me, oh God, right? And aren't you glad that God hears those prayers when we have to pray him? He hears those prayers. You might be there today just in a situation in your life going, oh God, I don't know how to get out of this situation. He hears those prayers. God is just a whisper away. It says in Psalm 145, Verse 18, why don't you say this with me out loud, wherever you are, the Lord is close to everyone who prays to him. Look at that. The Lord is close to everybody who prays to him. But can I tell you if that is the only time you pray to him? Like only when you find yourself in a desperate situation, then you are actually missing the point of prayer. You're actually missing the real power in prayer. Because the purpose of prayer and the, and the power in prayer is not to pull you out of a pit or just deliver you from a problem. No, 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 no. It goes way deeper than that. The whole purpose in, in prayer is getting to know the person of Jesus Christ. Hearing his voice, knowing the Holy Spirit, letting the Holy Spirit speak to you and direct you and comfort you and getting to know God in a, in a personal way. Yeah, he'll deliver you from the pit and help you through the problem. I mean, that's all a part of it, but that's not the, that's not the real power in prayer. And so Daniel prays, God hears his prayer and shuts the mouths of the lions. But what jumped out to me was back in verse 10. Put that up again. It says, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom. This this was his custom. This this was his habit. This was, he he just, he he prayed. He he spent time daily, three three times a day, getting his room and, and talking with God. So, so the first distinctive was his, his community helped him hear the voice of God. The second distinctive is his consistency helped him hear the voice of God. His rhythm, his, his pattern, three times a day, spending that time in, in the presence of God trained his ear to actually hear 
the voice of God. See, see, Daniel didn't just pray in the pit. He prayed every day. So much so that the men that were trying to trap him knew exactly where he would be. Like they were like, okay, it's, it's three o'clock. Let's go get him. We know, we know exactly where he, okay, it's 6 p.m. We know where, he, we know where he's going to be. Let's go, let's go get him. Now listen, this is not rocket science. If you're going to hear from God, you need to talk with God. Let's pray. Really, I mean, if you, if you want to hear from God, you want to hear his voice this year, you want him to speak into your life about your life and about your situation, then you've got to spend time with God. It's like my relationship with Julie. If I want to hear Julie's voice and what she's saying and thinking and feeling, then I have to spend time with her. I have to spend time talking with her. And if I only talk to her once or twice a week, then I'm going to greatly be diminished on what I can learn from her and what is going on in her life. I'm not going to probably know if we're just kind of talking quickly, passing five minutes here and there. I'm not going to really know what's happening in her life. And if uh, when we get together, I do all the talking, well, I'm, I'm not going to hear what's on her heart or mind, right? She can't even get a word in edgewise. I wonder if there's times when God can't get a word in edgewise. Because the times we do talk, we do all the talking. Even this week, as I was preparing uh, for, for this message, in my morning quiet time and prayer, I actually have started a new habit uh, of writing my, some of my prayers out and just writing out my thoughts and my heart's prayer to God. And it keeps a journal of those things that I'm praying about and praying for. And I got done and I was kind of moving on. And the Holy Spirit said, you want to just kind of do what you're telling everybody else to do and be still and let me talk to you for a minute. Putting myself in a place, putting yourself in a place consistently to hear the voice of God. It was his custom. So my question for you is, what is your custom? What is your rhythm of getting with God? What, what, is, there a, is there a set time, a set place you go to get with God? Or is it just random? Like whenever, wherever, you know, God can talk to me whenever. Where, and yes, he can talk to you whenever, wherever. But can I tell you, it is hard to hear God on I-95. It's just, it's, it's hard, right? Ah. Yes, you can talk to God when you're at work and you should talk to God when you're at work, but it's hard to hear the whisper at work. You got to pull away. You've got to find that time and that place regularly to train your ear to hear the voice of God. What is your custom? What is your habit? Maybe a better question is, um, what new habits do you need to form? It's the beginning of a new year time that we're all reevaluating what is really important. What do I really, above everything else, what do I desperately need this year? I desperately need to hear from God. So what new habits do you need to put in play? What customs do you need to put down so that you begin to hear from God? Habits are amazing things and we all have them. We have good habits and we got some bad habits. And people that write about habits and study habits actually say that you can build new habits in your life by just taking small steps every day. It's not the big leaps. It's the small steps consistently every day. I was reading this this week. This will encourage some of you that if you cut out just 125 calories a day, 
Just 125 calories. That's, that's less than a can of soda. That's one protein bar <laughs> that you don't need to eat. If over the course of three years you do just that, you will lose 39 pounds without any additional exercise. Glory to God. Right there. That's amazing. Small steps. 125 calories. I can do that. You can do that, right? They go on to say, if you read just 10 pages a day in a book for three years, that same time period, just 10 pages a day, that over the course of those three years, you will have read 43 books. Your knowledge and your wisdom and it will all in just 10 pages a day. You don't have to read a book every week, just 10 pages a day. See, the secret is consistency. Long-term consistency trumps short-term intensity anytime, right? Consistency. Being, now, what if you took this and applied it to your relationship with God? The most important relationship that you have consistently getting alone with God, just getting up 30 minutes earlier, spending that time quiet, listening and and saying, Spirit, speak to me. God, speak to me. Guide me. Help me know. Let me tune my ear to your voice. And just, do you know that if you did that, if you got up just 30 minutes earlier and you spent 20 of those 30 minutes with God, that over the course of the same three years of just doing that, you will have spent 365 hours talking with God learning his voice, hearing him speak to me. And I promise that if you did that, you would know the voice of God. Like without a doubt, I can guarantee you that if you did this 20 minutes a day for those years, three years, 365 hours of sitting in the presence of God and letting God speak to you, you would hear the voice of God. And here's why. Because consistency builds expectancy. Consistency builds expectancy. Let me put it this way. If every morning... Julie would come and bring me coffee in bed. Wake me up with a little kiss on the cheek. It's a great idea, you know, by the way. (laughs) If she did that for 30 days, on day 31, I would expect her to come into the room with my cup of coffee. Because consistency builds expectancy. And so if you are consistently getting with God, there is going to be an expectancy rising in your spirit to go, I am going to hear from God. I'm learning how to hear from God. I'm spending time with God. He's speaking to me. The consistency will build expectancy. And that expectancy, let me tell you this, it changes everything. Because it changes your posture in prayer. It changes what you think is going to happen when you get up in the morning and pray. Because for these last few weeks, God's been speaking to me. So he's going to speak to me today. He's going he's to show me what to do. And that leads to the third distinctive that I see in Daniel's life. It was his audacity. We see in Daniel's life his audacity. And if you need another C word, those of you that are grammarians, how about chutzpah? He had some chutzpah, didn't he? Some boldness. He was, he was, he was audacious. Like just to say as a teenager, no, 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 we're not going to eat the king's food or drink the king's wine. Uh, we're just going to have veggies and walk. We're going to be good. No, test me and see, right? He was audacious to say, even though I'm in Babylon, I'm not going to let Babylon get into me, Right? They were audacious. He was audacious to pray. God, would you shut the mouths of these lions? And God shut the mouths of the lions. Think about how audacious that he was so audacious that when the king gave this, he's going to kill everybody. He said, give me the night. I'm going to go get with God and I'm going to come back in the morning. And I'm going to tell you exactly what you, that's audacious y'all. That is bold. 
he, he expected God to speak to him, didn't he? He had an expectation of revelation. An expectation of revelation. And I wonder if he didn't have the expectation, would he have gotten the revelation? I don't think he would have. Because I think they go hand in hand, right? I, I think there is something that directly ties my expectation to the revelation of what God is going to do in my life. Jesus put it this way. He says, may it be done unto you according to your faith. Your faith has a lot to do with what you see God do in your life. So I wonder over these 21 days of prayer and fasting, what are you expecting? What are you, what are you expecting God to do? What are you expecting God to show you? What are you expecting God to do in your life? Speak to you. I want to raise your expectation a little bit. I want you to believe God audaciously for him to do something supernaturally in your life. Something you haven't seen, something you haven't imagined, something maybe you haven't even formed into words yet, but he wants to do, that's our God. That's what he wants to do. At the end of last week's message and service, Julie came up and she prayed over the church. And she read a scripture from Jeremiah 33.3 that I haven't been able to get away from all week long. And the scripture she read says this. It says, God says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. One version says it'll be hidden things. Things you do not know and do not understand and do not distinguish. Leave that up for a minute. God says, call to me and I will answer you. He doesn't say, call to me and I will answer you if you've got your act together. Call to me and, and, and I will answer you as long as you didn't mess up this week and let me down this week. No, no, it doesn't say that. It says, call to me. And that call is a, is a passionate, desperate cry. Call to me. God says, I'm gonna answer you and I'm gonna show you things that, that you didn't even know. You didn't even, I believe that God in these next 14 days of prayer and fasting that we have together, that, that God is going to show you hidden and marvelous mighty things. He's going to bring, I have expectation of revelation for you. I believe he wants to show things about your marriage, about your family, about your children, about your children's children, about your business, about what some problems that you're dealing with right now that you don't know a way out. You're going to have supernatural impartation of revelation from God because you're seeking him. And he says, when you call to me, I'm going to answer you. See, I believe that this word is true. I I believe if God said it, then I can, I can, I can live, live on it. And I believe that what we believe matters. Do you believe that? See, what we believe matters changes everything. Most importantly, it changes us. Changes how we think. Changes how we pray. Changes. If you believe that God is who he says he is and that God's going to do everything he says he, he's going to do here, man, that changes the way you pray this week. You're not going to pray puny prayers. No puny prayers allowed. God blessed me today and blessed my, my food, my apple. No, man, I am praying, God, move a mountain. I'm praying, God, provide supernaturally, get that new job, do that new work, heal that body. Man, bring revelation to my spirit and my soul. I, I have expectancy for that. I want to have audacious faith. Hebrews 11 defines faith as faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. That's what faith is. That, confident in what I'm praying about, what I'm believing God for. Not wishy-washy, I'm confident in it. And it actually goes on to say, this is what the ancients or the people of old in the Bible were actually commended for. And it lists them out in Hebrews 11. By faith, Noah built a boat 
By faith, Moses went down and confronted Pharaoh and got the people out of slavery. By faith, Abraham left his homeland and followed God and stepped out. By faith, Gideon took a a trumpet in a jar and defeated the enemy. I mean, by faith, David killed Goliath with a rock. By faith, Daniel prayed some audacious prayers and saw God move in his life. So if you want that kind of faith in your life this year, if you want to see God move in your life this year, if you, if you want to live with a sense of expectancy, of hearing the voice of God, then I've got two challenges for you out of this story of Daniel that will help you hear the voice of God this year. Build the right habits and get around the right people. Build the right habits and get around the right people. Okay, so number one, build the right habits this week. Build consistency. Set a time and a place this week that you're going to get alone with God this week, right? We got 14 more days of the fast. You haven't missed anything. 14 days of fasting is better than no days of fasting is what I just heard, right? So, so set your alarm 30 minutes earlier this week. Then whatever time you get up to meet with God, or if you don't get up to meet with God, start this week 30 minutes and spend that time quieting yourself and listening to God and spend that time in worship and spend that time in the word. Let his spirit speak to you. Build some new habits this week. Get some new habits. Get around the right people. I want to challenge you to to jump in to groups. It's not forever. It's not for the whole year. It's for this season. But get some right influences in your life. Some of you are wondering why your life is stuck. It's because you need some spiritual mentors, some brothers and sisters in Christ that will help you get where you know you need to go. And others of you, you need to be in a group to help somebody that's new. They need new friends and you need to be the new friend. They're new to their faith, they're new to our church family and God is calling you to step up in this season and actually help shape them. And so you getting involved in a group is actually not about you. It's about what God's gonna do through you. I guarantee that if you build the right habits and you get around the right people, you are gonna hear God's voice. I wanna pray two prayers today for us. I want to pray that as you do your part this week, that God will do his part and that you will see him do amazing things in your life this week. And the second prayer I want to pray for those of you that, that need to get right with God. The only way that you're going to find everything God has for you is by stepping into that right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that relationship with him or you need to restart it, that second prayer is going to be for you. I'm praying for you this week. Julie and I are believing that God is going to speak into your life. Would you pray with me today? God, we thank you for your word that is constantly teaching us and challenging us to help us experience the life you've created for us, God. A life walking with you and knowing you and hearing your voice in our life. So Lord, I pray that we would do our part. Speak to every heart about what new habits we need to start. For some that It's just gonna be setting that time aside to pray every morning. God, for some, it's gonna be journaling their prayers or getting into a Bible study and deepening their their walk with you. For some, it's gonna be getting into that group and getting the right people around them because they don't have the right people. God, whatever that is, help us to do our part and you do your part. As we continue to pray, if you would say, Todd, the second prayer is for me. I need to get my life right with Jesus. I need to turn my life over to him. I need him to step into my life and, and be the Lord over my life. I'm gonna pray this second prayer for Jesus to step in and make everything new on the inside. If you would say, Todd, include me in that prayer. Right where you're seated, would you just raise your hand and say, Todd, this prayer is for me. Yeah, hold it up high. All of our locations, if you're online joining, hold it up high. This is, you're saying before God, God, I'm inviting you, Jesus, into my life. 
We're all going to pray this out loud together. Say this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Make me a new person from the inside out. I want to know you like I've never known you before. And I will follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, let's give thanks today for all those that made that decision. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.